Welcome to Healthcare Perspectives, a podcast by Siemens Healthineers about medical breakthroughs with the power to improve lives everywhere. We still have got a huge gap between what is needed, what is going to be needed, and the number of staff that we've got. But our objective is to train trainers, to train already qualified staff. We try and train the teachers of the future. That's Jeanette Parks, a clinical director at Access to Care Cape Town and head of the Division of Clinical and Radiation Oncology at Hutuski Hospital and the University of Cape Town, explaining the collaborative philosophy of Access to Care when it comes to educating healthcare professionals. In the final chapter of our three-part series on staff shortages in healthcare, Van Vira, global contingent staffing expert workforce solutions at Siemens Health and Years, is joined by Janet Parks, as well as Barry Asen, president at Staffing Industry Analysts in Mountain View, California, and Dr. Katja Baitat, head of health tech at Cicada Innovations and director of technology and innovation at Radiology Across Borders in Sydney. Hello, I'm Van Vera. Access to care is a human right, states the World Health Organization. This means all world citizens should have access to quality health care and services whenever and wherever they need it. To reach this goal, skilled employees are required at all levels of the healthcare system. Staff should be equitably distributed, adequately supported, have access to quality assured products, and enjoy what they do. For many low- and middle-income countries, this access is extremely difficult, since most modern technologies can be only accessed within major metro areas of upper-middle-income countries. Plus, training and development programs for workers within the field of radiology are often unavailable in low- and middle-income countries, only perpetuating the staffing shortage issue. Of particular concern is staff shortages in radiology and radiotherapy, a medical treatment that uses high doses of radiation to kill cancer cells and shrink tumors. Today, you'll hear about potential solutions to this problem, including collaboration to facilitate, expand, and improve training, coupled with innovations in health technologies. There's staff shortages across the economy overall, but it's incredibly intense in healthcare. It's been a, a systemic challenge to get the clinical assistance that health systems need to serve their patients. That's Barry Asin, explaining the current state of the world's healthcare staffing crisis. The COVID-19 pandemic accelerated the lack of healthcare professionals across the globe, though the current shortage is an issue that's been building. Definitely a global challenge, this worker shortage and it's not going away anytime soon. Most of the world is aging, and an aging world needs more healthcare. And with an aging population, of course, you have fewer people to provide that healthcare. That, I think, is an ongoing challenge and one that's only going to become more of a challenge as we look into the future. But in aging society, resignations and retirements aren't the only obstacles to well-staffed medical services. There is a huge discrepancy in medical staff when comparing low- and middle-income countries, or LMICs, with high-income countries. Put into context, 
Radiologists in high-income countries exist at 97.9 per million inhabitants versus 1.9 per million inhabitants in low- and middle-income countries. At Access to Care Cape Town, a collaboration between the University of Cape Town, Cape Peninsula University of Technology, and Varian Medical Systems, aims to combat some of the highest cancer mortality rates in the world, as Jeanette Parks explains. Generally speaking, we say that about 50% of cancer cases will need radiotherapy, but we think that in Africa, where a large proportion of our cases present quite late, that is probably closer to 60 to 70% of cases that will need radiotherapy at some point during their cancer journey. And it's not just happening on one continent. Dr. Katya Betat at Radiology Across Borders also sees the toll that limited resources can take on patients in low- and middle-income countries across the globe. What we see disease-wise is very late disease, disease that is difficult to treat or disease that is so advanced that it may result in higher mortality rates than we see in developed nations. For healthcare professionals treating those cases, radiotherapy is one of their most indispensable tools but the lack of access to this type of care is magnified by geographical and socioeconomic factors. In Africa, we are the continent with the poorest access to radiotherapy in the globe. Staff are usually found in the large centers, whereas the patients are usually spread out over the whole terrain of the country. And so if you live in a big city in most of the upper middle income countries where centers are available, but they're probably only one or two per country and they're in the big cities. The city patients get relatively good access, but the rural patients get very poor access. In some countries, there's no access to any radiotherapy centers. As Katya Betat is convinced, collaboration is key to spreading knowledge and increasing the availability of care in underserved areas. A lot of clinicians are trying to do the best they can without actually being fully trained. Or we have some that are trained but do not have the ability to receive continuing professional education. We believe that if we can give the knowledge to the clinicians, then ultimately we're saving lives of patients and giving more patients better access to better care. If you're experiencing a staff shortage, in your local area to the extent that you can turn the work that you need to be done into something that can be done remotely, you're suddenly able to leverage not just a local labor pool, but a global pool of talent. There really isn't a talent shortage. It's just that the workers are in the wrong places. In a recent healthcare report by staffing industry analysts, four changes shaping the industry were identified the transition of talent shortage to talent crisis, new openness to flexible work, accelerating digital transformation, and new models and approaches. Barry Assen works to help organizations stay ahead of the curve and reevaluate smart solutions to the ongoing staffing issues. I think we're at this moment where there's much more openness to workforce flexibility. People are all reevaluating their careers and what they want to do. We talk about the great resignation, the great retirement maybe is a more apt way to think about that. But remote work is a huge transformer of work. And I think we're just sort of beginning to understand really how to fully leverage uh, that remote work. 
there's a whole lot of things that get done in the health system that are more information-based and less hands-on. And so we're trying to help organizations understand the sort of implications of remote work and how organizations can leverage that. In areas where opportunities for healthcare are few and far between, remote consultations have become invaluable. Physicians are able to cover wider territory. So if you think about countries where you just don't have physicians out in the rural areas, to the extent that you've got good tech infrastructure, if you're putting a physician on the other end of that in a place where travel is difficult, suddenly you've got expert medical knowledge that's uh, able to be transferred all around the world. The flexibility of a remote environment isn't just an advantage for clinicians seeing patients. It's also proved critical as a tool for education. In 2014, Access to Care Cape Town was created to supplement practical radiotherapy training. After the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, the program implemented a hybrid e-learning teaching model that gives students access to modern digital classrooms. Where instructors had once taught students with visual aids and demonstrations, they now communicate via Zoom. Our classroom started to look a bit more like a call center. So we had all these facilitators using headphones, each talking to their own teams on a headset on Zoom. And at the same time, both of them logged into the same station so that we could see what they were doing on our licenses, but they were doing it in their own departments and we could advise them on, on what to do, what changes to make. For Dr. Betet at Radiology Across Borders, teleconferences are an integral part of their education infrastructure and bring together people from every corner of the globe. We invite global experts to provide education to developing nations. So Rebinars is a monthly teleconference series for radiologists. We are actually bringing the leaders and the experts in those fields together. It has grown from 15 people logging in for our first webinars many, many years ago. And we are now regularly over registered with over a thousand sites registering for each of those series. We have such high quality speakers speaking at those free teleconferences. We are also attracting quite a significant proportion of radiologists from developed nations. This unfettered collaboration amongst radiology's sharpest minds has become one of the program's biggest successes. A lot of that happens not only in delivering the training and upskilling, but also the ability to get direct Q&A access to world-leading experts is an enormous benefit to those clinicians. While remote work and online learning has become second nature to many of us over the last three years, healthcare workers wishing to upskill or learn entirely new practices have been especially aided by virtual simulations and artificial intelligence. In South Africa, clinicians receiving radiotherapy education through Access to Care Cape Town are able to advance their skills without ever stepping foot into a hospital or clinic, without compromising on practice. It's basically like a flight simulator for radiotherapy. So we can turn the screen into any kind of machine that the people happen to have at their department. And it can do everything that a normal radiotherapy machine can do, except that it's not a normal radiotherapy machine. So we don't have to close down a machine in the active department during the day in order to do this training. 
We can do it in the classroom. We can program lasers. We can program light fields. We can program beams. The great thing about it is we can also see the anatomy. So we can see the CT scans of the patients. We can see where the dose distribution goes. We can program errors. We can show people the impact of the error. For Katya Betat, this sort of technology's greatest potential lies in its use to scale access to care. We are trialing the use of breast artificial intelligence to see whether that could yield results in having giving more patients access to breast imaging. Ultimately, the goal is, is there feasibility or viability that a screening program could be put in place? At the moment, with the staff numbers that they have on the ground, we just don't have enough sub-specialized and properly trained radiologists. So here, using artificial intelligence can be an absolute game changer. It's also going to create a whole lot of other new types of jobs, and it's going to put more value on humans doing what only humans can do. Just think of this as, as more of a next step in tech digital transformation. Technology always helps make the people more productive. A lot of why we're, we're all living longer than our ancestors, a lot of that is the productivity that uh, technology has brought. We'll make workers more productive, still want relationships with, with people. As radiation therapy has become more and more advanced, the ability to target cancers while also protecting normal tissues has progressed as well. Yet, in areas with a lack of access to these resources, there remains a significant difference in treatment and in outcomes, states Jeanette Parks. Africa has always lagged behind. We've always had a lot of less sophisticated machines in Africa and ironically less ability to be able to cope with the late effects of radiation if that is required. Since its inception, Access to Care Cape Town has stressed the importance of collaboration in order to advance. We decided to try and implement a program which would allow existing teams of radiotherapy professionals who were familiar with 2D radiotherapy and cobalt machines, which were the prevalent machines and techniques being used in Africa at that time, and educate them to be able to convert to 3D conformal radiotherapy and better, more sophisticated techniques of radiotherapy in order to cure more cancers and to minimize the number of side effects that the patients get from radiotherapy. In places like Fiji, Papua New Guinea, and into the Indo-Pacific region, radiology across borders is working together with over 1,000 radiologists worldwide to educate health professionals on key fundamentals and cutting-edge clinical radiology skills. In the Cook Islands, for example, we don't have any trained radiologists. Samoa has two trained radiologists, and they were trained overseas, so not even locally. So the, the staffing crisis in developing nations is real. And Katya Betat has seen firsthand how working to create sustainable change for clinicians in these countries has broadened knowledge and saved patient lives. The International Certificate of Radiology Fundamentals is teaching a cohort of 40 clinicians globally in the absolute fundamentals in the different parts of radiology. We are focusing on ultrasound, on X-ray and CT, 
a little bit on MRI because that is acknowledging also what the technical equipment those clinicians have access to. For healthcare professionals involved in radiology across borders, the collaboration with top radiologists is indispensable in their education. It's not only an online program, but also they're getting one-on-one access to world-leading clinicians that are connecting with them twice monthly. They have Q&A groups. And so over the course of a year, we are providing the cohort of 40 clinicians the absolute basic skills or fundamental skills they require to work safely and effectively. And after that initial group of clinicians has completed their education, they're able to pay it forward. They then go to their own communities and they train even more clinicians. They are sharing their knowledge. What we are seeing there is an enormous network effect that has over time a great impact on more patients having access to care, but also getting better diagnostics. And that means better treatment. It's so important for us that we are training the staff locally so they can continue to serve their communities and build the overall knowledge in their clinical communities. At Staffing Industry Analyst, Barry Assen sees the role that education plays in creating a human infrastructure that can help create a more sustainable model of collaboration, as well as raise standard of living. Once you've got that pool of uh, trained people, then you've got to have the ability to connect them with work. If you want to keep them in the country, you've got to provide those opportunities there. As we look into the future, I think a lot of that is going to be about human capital and the ability to grow the value. The talent is there around the world, and I think it's providing the education system and the incentives and all that to help grow that talent. By focusing on the larger picture, These organizations are able to put in place a more reciprocal model of education, resulting in higher quality care for those in need. The ultimate goal is to save patient life. And we are doing it by not addressing it directly at the patient level, but we are addressing it at the clinical level by providing or helping to train and upskill clinicians who work locally with those patients, we are saving lives. In the face of a global healthcare staffing crisis, the industry must look inward in order to create a more stable and sustainable future. Without consistent collaboration, none of these approaches discussed will see success. By banding together to educate other healthcare professionals and embracing new and emerging technology, the massive shortages in staffing may reach a viable solution. Jeanette Parks has witnessed the success of these efforts. A lot of the people that we have trained have gone back and started programs in their own countries to train various types of staff to be able to do these jobs. So I think that it's a a work in progress, but we are slowly moving towards a better quality of of cancer care for patients in Africa because we are upping the numbers of of healthcare professionals that are able to, to take on training. You've been listening to Healthcare Perspectives, a podcast by Siemens Healthineers. We pioneer breakthroughs in healthcare for everyone, everywhere. Subscribe to us and always get the latest episode in your podcast feed or visit siemens-healthineers.com slash podcast for more. 
The opinions expressed by the guests and contributors in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Siemens Health and Ears. This podcast describes possible future ideas and concepts. It is not intended to describe specific performance and or safety characteristics of currently planned or future products. Future realization and availability cannot be guaranteed.